Hello, listeners, bienvenidos, and welcome to Uber Cinco, the podcast where we deep dive top fives. I'm Nathan Hennenfent, your host for today, and in the den with me is Mitch Brinkman versus Brian Ernst. Today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five prepared summer meats. Mitch, Brian, hello, welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, hey, dude, what's up? I just want you to say you can enjoy yourself and you're going to learn something today. Okay. <laughs> Should Would somebody like to explain why I am the host this week and not a contestant? Um, here, I'll, 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 I'll say this. Uh, what's braising? And there's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I once microwaved a hot dog. That's about all the quality. So I'm ready for a very educational experience. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, if you don't walk away, if any listener doesn't walk away, not being able to prepare your meats just a little bit better today, we have not done our job. That is so true. And I love you said it that way because today it's it's not just, it's, it's, it's not just a fun about, it's not a calling, it's a job today. It's so, educational. Yeah. It is educational. Yes, it is. I am a blank slate, so <laughs> here we go. Um, we are going to throw all of our meat knowledge and all of careful, our meat uh, <laughs> well, hold on. extract onto you, and you will be a brand new canvas by the end of this. <laughs> there will be a test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The kitchen is prepped and ready. <laughs> the end of this, you will have to prepare one of our meats. <laughs> all right. Uh, if this is your first time in the Uber Cinco Den, let's wake you up out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the room. Each player in the den has spent time with today's topic, arranging their top five answers in order of importance. Those answers have been submitted to the host who will moderate the game, awarding points to the player with the most poignant answer. Starting with their number five choice, we'll move up the ranks until we reach each of their top answers. But if both contestants happen to have the same answer on their list, well, we have an Uber you will hear the official Uber Cinco siren, and both players must reveal their answer and what number they ranked their submission. An Uber stare down is all or nothing, with one player earning three points. After all answers have been read, the host will reveal the final score. All right, at this point, as the host, I get to implement a house rule, and as you know, I normally like to add in the golden rule from the Hen and Fent family farm, but since this is a bit of a more special episode, talking about meats mm-hmm. it's a very simple one you guys you guys were skirting around the issue a little earlier sure what no dick jokes mm. that's gonna be Ob- hard obvious, <laughs> obvious dick jokes I'm, I'm gonna let that one slide <laughs> obvious phallic humor will be penalized one point per instance so be oh my gosh be oh. on your best behavior <laughs> This is gonna be bad. Um, ne- negative scores are are possible. I, w- I was gonna say whoever wins might might win with a negative. I don't yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> we are children. A final score of negative one to negative three. <laughs> All right, uh, and as a reminder, uh, don't forget to stick with us until the end of the show, where I, Nathan Henenfent, will give you my fast five send off, where I will rattle off the definitive list of the top five cyclists I have seen in my neighborhood. Oh man! Wow. There are a lot <laughs> more than, there's, more there's, than usual. There's five. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a nationwide bike shortage right now because of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. So the bike shortage. Yeah. People, everyone ha- has, have realized bikes are great transportation and you do it alone. So you can't get COVID from someone else. So, okay. Yeah. But I own a car and I detest bicyclists. Well, um, that's probably you, you. You're probably part of the problem then. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. I'll admit that I'm part of the problem. But this feels like a giant angry rabbit hole we could get into, and maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm pro bike lane. Okay, very yeah. pro bike lane. <laughs> Don't. Okay, another episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's get back to the issue at hand, mm-hmm. okay. which is meat, meat, meats, prepared summer meats. Yeah, yeah and so I would like. Who won the uh, the uh, pre-show coin toss? Uh, Mitch, you won the toss. I did? So oh, great. Number awesome. five, your number five, please. Um, I will say in the future, I think we should do the coin tosses in a public area and not alone. So, like, I just, you know, just just for fairness. But um, here we go. Here's my number five prepared summer meat. And I'm calling this the Seattle Street Dog. And that's because when I first enjoyed this item, it was on a Seattle Street 
It was probably after midnight. It was from a cart. And I had had uh, some beverages as well, which I think perhaps improved this initial experience. But once I recreated it at home, it was still great. So what this entails is you have a nice uh, a jumbo, um, hopefully a like a, a Vienna beef wiener, something like that, something that is a high quality dog. Um, nothing short. You want something, you know, n- not a foot long, but maybe like eight inches, something like that. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> Minus one. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just describing the hot dog. I the, really am. The inflection gave you away. <laughs> I was trying not to look at you guys. I'm sorry. Okay, your first mistake. <laughs> okay, so 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 what you do is you slice open the hot dog a bit, and so you 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 first cook it whole. <laughs> I can't help it. It's the jokes are on my mind. This is all. If Nathan would have said nothing, we would have had a clean slice. Yes, yes, we would have. But now it's here. <laughs> okay, so you start cooking the hot dog whole. <laughs> Hold on. No, no, this is important. You So you, you, you start the cooking process, then you slice it open, and you lay it flat on the grill so you get char all around the dog. So mm-hmm. it's like a crispy, so there's like more surface area with crispiness on it. Got it. It makes it delicious. And then from there, you need, this is not something where you can um, pass it with like the, the, the buns you find lower on the rack. You know, like this is not a... Um, the buns cannot fall apart. You have to have a strong bun. Mm-hmm. It's not even a bun you probably get at the grocery store. You go to a bakery for it. Like that's the kind of bun that works here. And then after you have that in the bun, then you want caramelized onions. The longer they cook, the better they'll be. Those little nuggets of flavor are going to be little presents in your mouth uh, throughout this experience. And then the last thing is you want cream cheese on there too. But... You want the cream cheese because I've experienced it at home when I when I had it too cold. You want it between like 40 to 45 degrees probably. So it's an easy schmear mm-hmm. on, the, on the dog. You want to go the full length. So it, it cools the hot dog down so you can eat it right away. You don't have to wait. It's not going to burn your mouth and those juices um, uh, come out of the dog. And then what you do is, this is the way I had it originally, you wrap it in tinfoil. So you're mm-hmm. kind of unwrapping like you're eating a gyro or um, a burrito, if you will. Absolutely delicious. That is my favorite way to have a hot dog. But the bun is crucial. The bun is absolutely crucial. If you can toast the bun a little bit too, even better. Do you have a specific recommendation for the bun? Very um something with something with a nice texture on the outside. So maybe maybe it was you know slightly split a little bit in the in the cooking. Um, but if if uh, you know I, I think with with the car- the caramelized onions and the cream cheese you could go whole wheat or you could go a regular white bun too um, m- maybe even like a like a was it like a French boule loaf or something uh, it's like a mini French loaf or yeah. like something like, if you're from Chicago you get like an S Rosen's something yes. more like yes. that so yeah uh, you went through a lot of detail there can you quickly say from bread to last topping the sure. order in which you build this hot dog. Sure, yeah. So, like I said, the hot dog is, is crispy. It's been flayed open, and you press it flat on the grill to yes. get those so. crispy. So, yeah, you put that in the in the, uh, in the the bread, um, caramelized onions, um, cream cheese. Actually, no, probably, no, cream cheese Cream first. cheese in the yeah. bread first, yeah. I would yeah. assume. Sorry. Yeah, Cream cheese in the bread, dog, onions, wrap it, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you my hot dog uh, sure. recipe just as a compare and contrast. Absolutely. Yeah. And do, do you mind if I jump in and give you pointers here and there? If, I like you it's... to let me run straight through. Okay. It's okay. not going to take me long. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to the fridge, you open mm-hmm. the Oscar Mayer little thing, the package with the, the, the drawer? hot dogs. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I yeah. thought you had like an Oscar Mayer sponsored drawer in the, in the fridge. Okay. Not yet. Maybe okay. after this episode airs. Fingers Great crossed. Idea. So you take the, the hot dog, you put it on a paper plate, you hit the, the the express button and then you run over and you get a piece of bread and you put some mustard on it. And if you time it right, just when the thing dings, you go and you put that on there. You don't even need a hot dog bun. You just need a bread, a piece of bread. Sure. And then you eat the hot dog. <laughs> so do you, do coming from where, from where I'm at with my hot dog life that I'm living to yours, I have no choice but to give you a full three points. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> but there was minus one. I did. Although I, I am impressed that you were, you were really... Walking on a tightrope there with <laughs> cream cheese and heavy schmear, and but you you managed to, to get by. So. You can't when when you're talking about a dog like this and a high quality uh, wiener, you, it, it's hard not to it's hard not to toe the line. 
it was uh, it was an impressive performance. Thank you. So, and I don't want to waste a lot of time here, but your your choice of Oscar Mayer. I don't want to like bash any future sponsors, but yeah. your choice of the Oscar Mayer Wiener is like a personal offense to me. A little bit, a little uh, bit. I, I, I should say to our listeners, other brands of hot dogs are available. Well, here, here's a question: uh, What is a brand that is nationally available? You know, it, it's, not, it's not some artisanal butcher from down the block, but something that's nationally available that you're happy with. As a brand. I mean, locally, it's always going to be the Vienna, but I think nationally you can go Nathan's. No, you can't because they sponsor the hot dog eating contest and drag my good name through the mud with that <laughs> display of debauchery <laughs> and hedonism every I thought that's of what July. You were, I thought you were named after that. Oh, God. That's another episode. <laughs> what about the ballpark? Ballpark. ballpark I'm, okay. I'm a fan of ballpark. Because those are a little more plump, I yeah. think, too, right? I don't know. Yeah. I like, so. the, I like the big Franks. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's a solid choice. Mm-hmm. All right, Brian, number five, please. Uh, number five, I'm going with the pork tenderloin. That's right. Oh, baby. So you went with pork tenderloin for your number five. And then, Mitch, your number four, would you read your exact verbiage for your number four? Sure, yes. My number four is a diet cherry Dr. Pepper pork loin. Wow. Yes. So we're in the we're in the same family there, but a little more specific on Mitch's side. But Brian, as it's your turn, please walk us through your selection. So uh, I put this one at number five in terms of because one, it's a good combination of deliciousness versus affordability versus quick pr- preparation. The way I do it is this is this is your phraseology in this just this hog is just a pork loin. This is a pork tenderloin, okay, and, and the reason I like them is I buy them and you can get them in four packs at Costco for ten bucks. Super wow. easy to split them apart, bake them two at a time. Uh, they're so easy to prepare because I like to usually use just a, a simple salt, pepper, garlic, paprika. And then when I'm feeling a little fancy with uh, some turmeric and ginger on the top. Mm. And then to top it off with brown sugar in a glass Pyrex pan and just let that baby bake. That okay. brown sugar is going to turn into a nice little sauce. What's your the- fat in that in that preparation? Um, You could use a little butter if you wanted to. You're doing butter? Okay. But... Um, I'm not doing too much with it, yeah. to be honest. And yeah. When you take it out, it's got the best sides you can pair with it. One, you've got that brown sugar sauce you've made that kind of comes off the pan. After you slice it, you put it on the plate, pour some of that sauce right on top. Uh, applesauce is a great pork side. Any kind of jam you have laying around, grilled grilled veggies right next to it, anything you can have. There's so many sides that you can pair with this. And it's a, it's a bake and forget kind of dinner. And that's why I put that as one of my top summer prepared meats. Cause you can do it at home in the oven or outside on the grill. Yeah. I, I, I hate to be rude, but, um, you don't bake a pork loin. You roast a pork loin. So, uh, you can suck it cause <laughs> whatever. I hit the bake button on my oven for it to heat up. What, what, what heat is this hog cooking at? About 375. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's, I, I, I cook my hog at like 450 to 500 for like 13 minutes. So I go the opposite. I go low and slow. Low and 375 slow. for about 30 to 40. Okay. Interesting. 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 I think it just gives the brown sugar a little bit more time to melt. Sure. That's usually why I'm doing it though. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mitch, um, your repost, please. Yes. Uh, so this, my diet cherry Dr. Pepper pork loin, this is not something that I've found a recipe somewhere. This is something I just gave a shot at and uh, it ended up working. Now this is like, it's marinated in that. So it's, um, you got diet cherry, Dr. Pepper, you've got lime juice as well in there. Um, and then salt pepper. And then I think that's it. Oh yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. So, mm-hmm. um, but also because of the soda of its chemical properties, um, you know, the marinade works to break down the meats, uh, proteins. So that keeps your meat more tender. Um, the easiest thing you can do to make your meat great, Nathan is marinade. So yeah, a- as you probably know, but so this, the soda breaks it down quicker than, what a normal like a traditional marinade would be so this you want to do for no more than like 12 to 14 hours probably okay or else the pork starts to lose it's you know it's it's a structure i guess you could say but then what i do is um i make us i make like a sauce with the leftover marinade in a pan i do on the side because otherwise cooking at 450 500 that, that, that that's going to like caramelize too much in the oven. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, so that's how I'm preparing my pork loin in that way. Um, One important question. Sure. What if horror of horrors? Sure. I can't get diet cherry, Dr. Pepper and can only get cherry, Dr. Pepper. 
that that would work actually probably even better uh in in my case i use it because that's all i had so but you know any any soda with sugar will probably You'd probably also, want the corn syrup it'd probably be a little bit better for perhaps this purpose so yeah. why did you tell me to use the diet one <laughs> <laughs> because 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 this is this is a recipe that i made conscious because this recipe i made and i i was proud of that it worked so yeah I thought maybe it saves you two or three calories or something. But. That, that, that's also very yeah. true. So, because I mean, normally a marinade, it's not about adding like, uh, like it's about you know tenderizing the meat and flavoring it that way. But it, you're not going to keep all those calories necessarily in the dish. Well, I actually, I actually like the specificity of the diet cherry Dr Pepper. Getting right to the exact. Yes. The more detail, the better. Yeah. Oh boy, this is a tough one. Well, you know what? I think a good thing to remember is my recipe makes your pork not tough. So I, if that helps make your decision, but tough playing, decision playing any more to easy. Nathan here, my recipe is very easy. And then you will actually be able to, to do this quickly without having to spend the 12 to 14 hours on a marinade. That's right. The low and slow, the merit. Oh my gosh, two schools of thought here. Are you are you unable to just plan ahead a little bit and spend like three minutes putting together a marinade? Mitch, you, you've lived with me before. You know the answer to that question. You know, the only tenderloins I've had a great experience with are the the breaded tenderloin, like the sandwich that you get in the Midwest where mm-hmm. oh, sure. the bun covers maybe 8% of the yes. actual tenderloin itself. <laughs> yep. And you have to fold it over on itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's apropos of nothing. That was just me stalling <laughs> before I had to make a decision because I get all three points are on the line here. and. Yeah. I got to say, I just have an affinity for just being so specific with the diet cherry Dr. Pepper that I'm going to give Mitch three more points. It's fair. It's fair. Next time I'll make sure to put some sort of brand name in my recipe. So I can win. <laughs> well, he, he could have said the generic version, but diet and uh, well. Well, you lost me at Dr. Pepper, but a lot of spices make sense for food. Thank you very much. I got it. Diet cherry Dr. Pepper is a fantastic soda. <laughs> Other sodas. Please give us money. <laughs> Other sodas are available. Um, but uh, Nathan, I know your favorite soda is Squirt, correct? It is. So naturally, uh, or uh, in a great marinade for a pork loin, Alton Brown is a great recipe. It's basically all lime juice and garlic. But you could very easily throw a little squirt in there with some lime juice and garlic, and that would also be delicious. So. That is something we're going to have to do. Yeah. Call it squirt loin or like squirt pork. <laughs> All right, careful, careful. <laughs> oh, no, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Please go to ubkstudios.com for the uh, squirt loin <laughs> recipe that will be on our blog. Or squirt hog, something like that. Or, don't, yeah. don't, don't throw away all those points I just gave you. <laughs> Sorry. All right, that covers uh, Mitch's number four. Uh, so then we can move on now, Brian, to your number four. Correct. Uh, so I have... Chicken legs slash chicken thighs. <laughs> so many stare downs. Oh my gosh. Right, so, so chicken legs and thighs from Brian. And then Mitch, you had listed at number three. Please tell me your exact verbiage. Yes, mine was listed as salt and pepper chicken. Okay. All right, Brian, take it away. Uh, mine is also salt and pepper, uh, basically being because... I believe I probably learned this from from Mitch, and which is why it's made it on my list. Oh, interesting. Um, one chicken's easy to work with, especially when you're when you're doing it out on the grill for the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, needs the least amount of prep. You're basically just bringing it up to room temp before you bring it onto the grill, and you just salt and pepper the hell out of it. That's pretty much all you got to do. You could do fancy marinades. You could do this, but there's something about just summer with a perfect salt pepper chicken is great. Plus, legs are extremely fun to eat because they got a built-in handle. Mm-hmm. That's but, very true. I love but that. But I am a dark meat guy. Like thighs are where the flavor is in a chicken. Preach, 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 preach. I totally agree with you. So I mean, I can do a leg, but I'm a thigh man for sure when it mm-hmm. comes to this. And then uh, that's pretty much what I got. I like the tastiest part of the chicken. I, I love my thighs. So I, I am. I'm actually very touched that Brian says he thinks he learned this from me because I learned this from my my grandpa. He used to every Sunday on his farm, he cooked. Um, I think it was two whole chickens or maybe three. He had a big family, and salt and pepper was all he did. Um, and the way he cooked his chicken was low and slow. It took like an hour for it to cook. And what that did was it kind of slowly dries out the outside skin a little bit, so it's like mm-hmm. kind of crispy. Crunch, yeah. yeah, a little crunch. 
and uh, perfectly seasoned is great. But the one of the most important things, though, to remember here is you already said it, dark meat. Um, but this it pairs so well with just a light um, lager, mm. like any kind of lager. Uh, my favorite is a Minnesota beer called Premium. It's got like a little sweetness to it. Pairs Other with- lagers are available. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, your moose heads are out there moose too. Head. Yeah, moose head, number one. Um, yeah, so I think, and it's, it really is, I think you hit the nail on the head too, summer. Boom. It's summer. It's, it's just, summer. it's summer. Uh, it's delightful. I And I, I love that, um, I love that we, we, you know, this doesn't feel competitive on this one. I like, like, this is a shared love. Of, so Nathan really has his work cut yes, out for him. Yes, yes. He will, this is this is definitely a Rosemary's baby situation, right? Or or, or is it the king that has to cut the baby the, in half? Yeah, the, the king. Who it's has the to... king one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say also, in, in for uh, chicken prep in this case, if you want to do a simple brine, literally just salt and water and let them sit for a little bit, your chicken will be a little bit more tender, but it's totally not necessary. But if, you're, if you've got nothing to do, throw it in a brine for a couple hours, and it'll be, it might be imperceptible to some guests, but if you cook chicken enough, you'll know. I actually do cook chicken in a similar way, a fair amount. And I do marinate it with something you will find in most refrigerators, A1 steak sauce. Interesting. A1 steak sauce? Mm-hmm. I don't like A1, so I don't think I would go uh, like Careful. down this. Well, I'm Careful. just saying. <laughs> Well, it's got an, a unique flavor enough for steak. I'm just, I've never paired it with chicken. Well, I think if if you added if you added additional vinegar to your A1 steak sauce, it would it would do an even better job of marinating the chicken because that vinegar will help the acid helps break down the proteins and gets the flavor deeper into the chicken. So, I'll put that on my list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is tough, um, but more or less a simple simple dish, simple preparation. I'm a man of simple tastes. And Brian, you hit it right on the head. Uh, legs and thighs. That's, I, I, you can throw away the hey, rest hey, of the hey, chicken. Hey, 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 didn't you say no, no, no gross talk, right? What's this? I, I oh, will okay. take points away from myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am now trailing you both. It's pretty significantly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, by the slimmest of margins, I have to award all three points to Brian for that one. Oh, even in it back up. Congratulations. I, I, good job. Excellent job. Great Thank job. you. Thank you. Yeah. And that is, so that was, uh, Mitch's number three. That was Brian number four. Brian, let's have your number three. Number three. Um, this is a simple, uh, uh, a simple one here. Um, cause usually this is something I don't, I don't do a lot of work to. This is something I buy pre-prepared because a butcher is going to do it better than I can. And it's just a simple, mild Italian sausage. Mm. Um, you know, you guys, you boys know I'm not a spice guy, so I, I lean towards the mild side for that. And that an Italian sausage is great one. And they got the perfect summer look as soon as you, you brown an Italian sausage, either in a pan, if you're doing it inside, or if you're doing it on the grill, the char just looks like perfect summer on the outside of an Italian sausage. And then, uh, uh, it's a simple condiments for me. I go with a simple ketchup and onion on top of my Italian sausage when I'm having it on a bun. I know it's not a typical way for people to do it. It's the same way I would have my hot dog, but that's the way I enjoy my Italian sausage. But plus there's a bonus. If you take an Italian sausage and throw it on a baptized beef with mozzarella, you got a combo. Oh my gosh. What's a baptized beef? That's a, that's a sloppy. That is an Italian beef sandwich dripped in the au jus. Okay. With the sausage underneath the beef with mozzarella on top. Oh my gosh, Oof. that sounds decadent. So think about this. It's simple when you get it from the store. Sure. It's quick to eat and grill up. You can have it great on a bun with any condiments you like or pair it with a beef. Now, see, when, when you say the words ketchup and sausage, it makes it makes my insides just go. I know it's a controversial a little bit. thing. Like, I mean, okay, tomato sauce and sausage, sure. Mm-hmm. That's like a marinara. Ketchup is most definitely not that good, sir. Um, what would you put on Italian sausage? I mean, a sausage is very near to like, it's a it shares the same heritage as like a bratwurst, right? I mean, it's like a bunch of cuts mixed mm-hmm. up together. So I feel like, I feel like either you go no ketchup or mustard and then you just go like additional toppings, like your peppers, your onions. Mm-hmm. Maybe some cheese, or if you do put a condiment, it's got. I feel like it's only got to be mustard. Mustard is for bratwurst, though. 
And another controversial topic, I don't like Chicago-style hot dogs for that reason, because I am not a relish or mustard guy. So when I have my bratwurst, I will do caramelized onions okay. while it's soaked in beer. Like you like sure. you do a beer bath for the bratwurst. Sure, sure, but sure, sure. I put an Italian sausage in a completely different category. Interesting. Okay. I See, I'm just... Yeah. Ketchup and raw onion, too. But then you could also do caramelized onion and peppers. Yeah. Which yeah, would be yeah, delicious. Yeah. yeah. But Nathan, what what are your what are your what are your thoughts on this? I don't eat ketchup on anything, mm-hmm. so I don't mm. know. I I also I don't like subscribing to the uh, the rules about you know the Chicago. I, I like Chicago style hot dogs because they don't have ketchup, but so I bristle at the idea of you're from a city, so you have to eat this way. Yeah. You, yeah. Chicago no. pizza versus New York pizza, whatever. And like Chicago is known for Italian sausages, but shouldn't. Italy be known for Italian sausages more than <laughs> Chicago is. It? So Very I, true. Yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't follow the, those rules too hard and fast. So on that basis, I'm going to give Brian two points for this round. All right. Okay. Appreciate it. Okay. And so that was number three. Mitch. Yeah. Please reveal your number two. My number two is a. This is this is a showstopper. This is a showstopper piece of meat that you're gonna that you're gonna trot out here. Um, you don't trot this out for if you're having a big barbecue and you won't be able to talk to a lot of people. You trot this out when you're having over your very best friends when you really want to treat them to a Cadillac, if you will. Um, and that is the cowboy cut tomahawk steak. Mm. Interesting. Has he ever made this for you, Brian? No. Yeah, me either. <laughs> <laughs> Only when his very best friends are around, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like the fanciest name is probably going to come on this list we've never heard of. The cowboy cut tomahawk steak is... You know what? Stop. Just... What is it? We know that's what you get. We're not serving us this steak. This thing is so big. It is a bludgeoning tool both before you cook it and after you cook it. Okay. Are you guys familiar with what this looks like? Describe it. It is a, think of a, it's a, it's a T-bone, but it's, God, I, I don't know ounces off the top of my head of what this would be, but probably like a 40 ounce or something like that. enormous, bigger than your face. And there's a handle on it. That's the bone that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And so this puppy is also, oh boy, three, four inches thick. So this, this is going to be, you cannot overcook this too much. All right. This is going to be rare to medium rare. And what you want to do when you're approaching this 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 feller here is you want to get your rosemary in there, you want your garlic, and you want your butter as well when you're cooking this thing. You want to be based in that puppy. You want that garlic and that rosemary and the butter first. You want this you want this beautiful, delicious, golden fat syrup going all over the meat here. And this is gonna bring you an incredible steak, an absolutely incredible steak. And also, as I said, very Instagrammable very photogenic it's impressive if you're at the butcher and you're looking to make new friends or impress people at the butcher you walk out with a cowboy cut people are going to turn heads people are going to not forget brian ernst walked out with a 72 ounce cowboy cut on his shoulder that slung night. over his shoulder <laughs> yeah okay i mean um, this this is a fred flintstone cut this like is a, a drifter's bindle <laughs> exactly this is this thing is huge you could you could pack an, an a night's worth of clothing and a little ipad inside this thing it's so fucking big that's how big <laughs> this cut of steak is you know what i'm saying and this is this is this is a dream cut. This is a dream cut. This is something you cook every couple of years i feel like for people out there who are cooking this often hats off to them but they might be a killer just so well i mean you're making me salivate so yeah (laughs) also can i just be clear i haven't cooked this in a very long time and so it's not like i i've been cooking it for other other bros and you guys haven't been there you know to to enjoy the cowboy all i'm hearing is that we're not worth this (laughs) like, (laughs) like i'm just hoping that the last time you cooked it was uh July of 2005 <laughs> right before you and I met for 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 a little reference I I bought this and sent this to our friend Bradbury before he went to uh the Peace Corps and I got one cowboy cut from a, a great meat shop here in Chicago called the uh, Polina Meat Market and that one steak alone cost is like $88 so yeah this is uh this is a legacy piece 
this is um you know this is something you, you'd, you'd hang on the wall when you're done with it you know brian one of us has to join the peace corps <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say again all i hear is we're not worth it <laughs> Um, and uh, I'm trying to, let, let me look at my notes here. Uh, oh, uh, lots of pepper, lots of salt. Obviously this boy is a big boy. So like, <laughs> you know, uh, can you give us a beverage pairing? Um, with this, um, if you're eating inside, I would say a, um, a, I'd say like an Argentinian, um, uh, like a, like a Syrah, like but maybe something a little more, uh, higher, higher alcohol. If you're going outside, I'm going to go a, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with a, um, a bourbon uh, ginger ale with bitters. So those are my pairings. All right. Well, I am impressed. That's my number two. So that, that sounds looking forward to this one day. Delightful. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we finally become friends, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to have to start being nicer to me. <laughs> Well, so, uh, uh, and, I'll, and I'll start that right now by giving him three points. Hey, oh, hey. thank you very much. It's kind of bullshit that you're in a position to kind of milk the steak out of him. Well, I, I want to mention too, this is such a great steak because it's a T-bone. So there's going to be a little more uh, fat going in, in, out and through the, the meat. So it is mm, tender. Very, mm. very tender. It's delicious. Brian, over to you. The my, deuce. My number two. Uh, I'm going with the ribs. Uh, the, this is a baby back ribs. Um, it's a higher end slab of meat, not as high as your tomahawk, uh, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Cowboy cut tomahawk steak. Thank but, you. But uh, I like ribs because they need a little bit of loving. They're not. They're not right. Not like the Italian sausage. They're a little different. They're not ready right out of it. You got. You got to put some loving into it. Um, you got to rip that membrane off the back, and not a lot of people yes. know that. Yes. So you, you got to kind of get in there, and there's nothing. It's extremely satisfying when you can get under, get a good grip of that membrane, and then just rip it completely off in one piece. And you're like, <laughs> now this this these ribs are ready. If you're if you're just joining us, uh, this is not an episode about how to kill people. The best. <laughs> so you chuck that membrane aside. Now you can get down to the real meat. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I throw them in a crock pot with a mix of a dry rub and some barbecue sauce uh, to get it started. What sort of dry rub? Uh, on the dry, uh, dried chilies, uh, garlic, onion, sea salt, brown sugar, hibiscus flour, thyme, oregano, and parsley. Hey, wow. Is this something you make yourself? Uh, you can. You can buy this pre-prepared from, uh, I believe it's called Lamander Family Kitchen. I think it's a Chicago oh. spice company. Oh my gosh. I think it's called their backyard rub. So you can get it like that or you can just Put these ingredients together. Other rubs are available. (laughs) (laughs) So I uh, bring the meat up to room temp, put this dry rub on, Mm -hmm. uh, put a little bit of water in the crock pot with some diced onions. And then you um, put, uh, I just go with just typical sweet baby rays. You don't want to go fancy with your barbecue sauce for this. Sweet baby rays is a thing is a classic. I use that here. And then you just throw it on the top and the bottom. You just kind of layer the, uh, Ribs on top of each other in the crock pot, low and slow, four to six hours. Okay. Boom. Now they're getting tender. Everything, the flavor's starting to bake in. And then mm-hmm. uh, you take them off and then you blast them on a hot grill just to finish them off. Yeah. Boom. Put them on the grill, baste them with the last little bit of your barbecue sauce. Yeah. By the time these make it to your plate, you should be able to take that bone and just whoosh, pull it right out. And then you can either eat it off the bone as it just slipping perfectly tender or yeah. chop it up, dice it up, put it on a sandwich. Oh my Make your gosh. own little McRib at home if you wanted to. I am so glad we recorded this after we ate lunch today. It would have been just torturous <laughs> if we tried to do this an hour ago. So that, that's how I make my ribs. I know a lot of people boil them. You can do that. You can do, I mean, you can do low and slow in the oven. There's tons of options. Boiled ribs are for, um, are for, uh, just people who enjoy food out of the trash. I'm sorry, but uh, bo- boiled ribs, boiled ribs. I am, I am a staunch, staunch opponent to boiled ribs. But what if they are finished on the grill? It it doesn't. Boiled meat is just not as pleasurable in my mouth as it is when it's when it's roasted or grilled. I'm sorry. I, I, agree. I agree. Or smoked. A smoked rib is my number one favorite rib. Of course. Yeah. I, I don't have a smoker. I don't have, I'm out of, oh, of, sure, of sure. oak and mahogany chips or whatever you use. Especially cherry wood. Cherry wood it works. You probably need mahogany for your tomahawk steak. But for, for here, we use whatever. The chopped up Christmas tree pine in the backyard is what we use to smoke our meats. 
But uh, yeah, sorry, the, the smoker's broken, so I have to use the old crock pot. I, I want to tell people, if, if you're smoking with pine, then you're going to pair that with a gin and tonic, obviously. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my number two, is uh, classic baby back ribs. So what are you serving with ribs? Uh, corn cob, corn on the cob on the grill, uh, nice uh, chunky potato salad. Um, are, are you a cream or mayo-based or non-mayo-based potato salad? Oh, mayo-based. Hundred percent. Oh, can we have another Uber stare down right now? I want to. I want to hash this out right because I, I we're not going to get down this rabbit hole of how mustard is the worst condiment. But I'm sorry, but olive oil, a little honey, and some and 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 a little apple cider vinegar makes a Dijon mustard very very delicious on a potato. Fine. We do our prepared sides <laughs> down the mustard rabbit hole, but on my meat side, yeah. I'm going with a mayo. <laughs> Uh, potato salad. This, my this is part one of the barbecue trilogy. Oh man, there's right? gonna, there's okay. Nathan's going to be furious <laughs> with us by the time we pitch the rest of these topics. Mm. He'll be hosting these in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Let him talk about meats for an hour. <laughs> well, I, I I do have I don't have many strong opinions in the culinary world, but I do agree with Mitch on the repulsion of boiled meats yeah yeah no thank um, you but other than that yeah. I love, i'm a rib fan so uh there's two points coming your way brian for that I'll take it I'll take it that's pretty good no, I, I wish i would have picked a more expensive cut for my number one now <laughs> earn some back-end points but uh mitch let's have your number one so my number one um is a i think an unexpected american barbecue favorite but i think if you try this once you do it You'll never not have it again. For it's great for a party. Ooh. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes in a row, we've almost lost Mitch to his own bodily functions. The coke, the coke syrup is coming back with revenge. Um, this is a great meat for a party because one, um, it's it's a set and forget it preparation mm -hmm. up until you have to grill it. It is of course marinated. You as you can tell, I'm a marinade fan. But this, you take it out. You don't have to like let it come up to temp too much and it, it takes very short time to cook. So you can be cooking and back to your party, back to your guests very quickly. And that is the Korean marinated beef referred to as bulgogi. Are you guys familiar? Of course not. <laughs> you've never had bulgogi. Oh my God. No. Okay. This is, this is once you've, once you've had this, you will, you won't, you won't, you won't ever go back. It's flank steak. Um, you, t you take your flank steak, you throw it in the freezer for about two hours. So it's a little thicker or for a little, a uh, little more, uh, dense, whatever. And then you can slice it extremely thin. So you have really thin strips of beef mm -hmm. and then your marinade, you're going to put it in. Um, it's made normally, it's like a pear or apple. If you can get Korean pears, that's the best. Of course, that's tougher here in America. So it could be apple. You got brown sugar, mirin, which is like a sweet, uh, rice, um, dressing, I guess you, you'd call it, uh, garlic, ginger, and soy. Let that marinate for, it's like the longer the better, basically. And it takes maybe like two, two and a half minutes to cook on the grill. It's super fast. And just think of like the the most tender, it's all, you don't need any forks. You don't need napkins. It's just, it's a handheld food. Little strips of beef that are incredibly flavorful, a little sweet, just a little spicy. They melt in your mouth. Just these little hunks of meat, boom, one after another. Just keep popping them in. It's like um, it's like the best beef jerky you've ever had, but it's not dry. It's just this succulent, tender little little hunk of meat. So it is incredible. I'll make it for you guys. That's something I I, I will make for you. I promise. Yeah, cheap meat for yeah. your close friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not cheap meat. It's flank. Flank is a nice cut. Can be. Is it called tomahawk? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm sold. It sounds good. And this is this is foolproof. You, you you don't have to you don't have to know some big crazy process or like you know way to prepare it. It's just on the grill. Psst, psst, that's the grill sound, of course. Like <laughs> minute and a half aside, you're done. It's great. Yeah. I I, bl I believe you that it's delicious. But uh... also, the next day you can chop it up, put it in eggs. It's great with eggs. <laughs> <laughs> He's really fighting yeah. for these points. Egg, eggs or not, I just it's it's um it's since I'm unaware of it and I think of myself as the all-American summer guy. I just I, can, <laughs> I think that's I think when people think summer they think baseball and they think 
sunshine and the beach, and they think Nathan had invented. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm summer guy. Yeah. And so, so I'm I'm gonna give you two points for this round. Wow. Oh my gosh. Have you ever been to a Korean barbecue restaurant before? I have. Yeah. It's 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 basically that. It's like it's like you you put in that the delicious little marinade beef on the hot ass grill. Oh, that disgusting stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. No, it and, was very, it's very good. Yes. And you can serve it with a nice crispy rice, maybe some like uh, hoisin on there, some green onions, you know, and and you're off to the moon then. So. And this is our first food list. Listeners will learn later on down the road how much Mitch likes his food a certain way. And I think this is <laughs> exactly this very much. What have you ever run into a situation where it's just like you, you, you ever have to run in where you just have to have a cheap meal, like something that you can't prepare on your own out for, you have to go to fast food or whatever. Sure. And you're okay with that. It doesn't hurt you in any way. I will do that. I just, I just probably won't enjoy it very much. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I'm like, okay, like, oh, you, you want to talk about fast food? F- McDonald's French fries. I have to fight from going inside the McDonald's bum house and getting French fries all the time. I'll throw out a poll right here. Cause yeah. I will throw out the poll after I talk about my number one. Okay. All right. All right. Go for it. Yeah. That's a good segue. Go ahead and give us your number one. Then. Number one is burgers. Classic. Classic. You gotta have burgers on your prepared summer meats list. This fancy meat that we're not allowed to have with you. <laughs> the ultimate meat food is the burger. I'm going to say, because there, there's multiple options of way you can have it. You can go sure. full gourmet or you can go quick. Today, what did we have for lunch? We had quick frozen patties, nice third pound burgers, throw them on the grill, a little salt, pepper, garlic. They're ready to go. Or you can get the ground beef yourself. Mm-hmm. And I kind of treat my burgers like they're meatballs. So a little salt, pepper, garlic, onion, egg, breadcrumbs, make them nice, solid patties. You get to make them your own shape. You can stuff them with cheese. They make them nice and plump. Kind of like the uh, the tenderloin you were talking about earlier. You want the burgers that are off the bun. That's the kind of burgers I want to make during my uh, prepared meats. I, I should mention here, Nathan, this is actually a meat where uh, you put A1 in that mixture. I think w- would actually be quite good in, in, in the in the ground beef mixture. So, so you could do that. Yeah. For sure. Also, always remember to put a little divot in the middle of your burger. It'll help it cook and not be like a balloon burger. So, And a great place to add your pat of butter while you're finishing it off. Boom. Boom. I like making monstrous half pound patties or bigger. Got to go for it. Um, then you get that little divot. You put the butter on and mm-hmm. then you seal it in with a piece of cheese. And then when you're making, if you're going all out on this burger, you're going to buy a cheese you don't buy frequently. Sure. Usually people are keeping their cheddar. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people keep American cheese. But mm-hmm. That's not good enough for this kind of burger. That's where you're going out. You're going to get yourself a Colby or a Munster Something that you haven't had in a while. I'm a Munster guy. I want a Munster on my burger. Sure. So that's why I have to pick burgers as my number one summer prepared meat. Well, I think much like uh, the beach and baseball and Nathan Hen and Fent, burgers are what people think of in the summer. Well, can I can I also just mention if if you freeze your um your log of butter and then you shave it into your meat mixture. Even better. You got butter melting throughout your burger, and it's going to keep it very, very moist. So, he likes adding steps and making my burger, <laughs> my process take longer. I'm just saying that that will create a truly superior burger. You're right, but this is my workaround. <laughs> <laughs> the journey is the reward for Mitch and a lot of these. It's things. true. It's true. Also, also goat cheese on a burger, incredible with some like like red wine onion reduction. Come on, are you kidding me? A little arugula on there. Where are you Get from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from I'm from a different village down the river. Uh, we're, we're bad at military, I tell you what, yeah. but, but we're good at food. Uh. Uh, well, you know, I, I have no choice but to, to give Brian three points there. Hey. Burgers are burgers are the, the classic, the classic summer uh, my, summer meat. My follow up question was going to be, what is your favorite fast food burger? Boy, because I'll go on the record. Mine hands down is Portillo's. I think has the best fast food burger. Hmm, I'm trying to remember the last time I had a fast food burger. So I like. Maybe steak and shake. I really hope they don't go under after all this because I think they are closing a lot of locations, mm. unfortunately. Steak and shake is a good quick burger. Yeah, I think um, 
I guess it would be. What's the closest place that serves a, a fast food goat cheese burger with a red <laughs> onion reduction <laughs> that you can just get quickly does, through a drive through? Does the, Wait, that's, that's not a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> what was the What was the one burger place that was by DePaul downtown um, that had the? Uh, was a Burger King? <laughs> no, it was a, it was like f- south on State Street, and they've got a location like in Lincoln Park. Epic Burger. Epic Burger. Yeah, yeah. Yes. that's a good burger. That was a pretty good burger. Um, I've only had In-N-Out once in Las Vegas, at, like almost ten years ago at this point. But I remember enjoying that one a lot mm. too. Um, I, I I normally will go for uh, just like a very basic McDonald's double cheeseburger when I do that. So, right. yeah, because I I find the ROI on the on the more fancy burgers not to be there. So I'm surprised you're not a Culver's man. Oh, Culver's Culver's is good. Yeah, no, Culver's is my choice. Culver's is a good choice. Yeah. Very much the Culvers, so yeah, nice. yeah. Nathan, do, do you have any any debrief questions or anything of that? Like, what have you learned which, today? Which one of our which item off of our list are you going to prepare after this episode? Yeah, um, probably none of them. <laughs> We tried. I know. We Nathan, tried. Nathan, do, do you have a you have a foreman, right? George Foreman I at the do, house. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, probably if anything, I'll just try try to be more inventive with with the burgers. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Well, um, are you guys ready for this the very fascinating <laughs> matter of the scores? Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I totally forgot. We are not pretty competitive on yeah, this. Yeah, we one, did. We well, did. Well, Brian, you scored. Over the five rounds, you scored 10 points. Okay. Okay. And Mitch, over the five rounds, you scored 11 points. Yes. But. What? You were docked one point for the penile penalization. What? What, what did I say? Can you read it back? Can, we, can, can, can I get a VAR on this? Can I get a, an instant our, replay review? Our stenographer had to step out early, so I oh, can't okay. go back. Oh, but, um, shoot. But yeah, so. Uh, it's a tie, guys. Ten points each. You son of a bitch. I want the victory. That's all right. We, we got steak knives in the kitchen. You <laughs> I just want to say this kind of like um, uh, participation trophy mentality is what's... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, Mitch, how about this is over? You can go uh, order a pizza with ricotta <laughs> green olives after. <laughs> well, when the ricotta is spiced correctly... Uh, <laughs> no, no. I think it's time for a fast five. I'm getting angry. <laughs> yeah. Fast five. Okay. Fast five. Top five cyclists I see in my neighborhood. Okay. I'm a pro cycling guy. My dad is a big cyclist. Does hundreds and hundreds of miles every summer. Uh, I think cycling is a great environmentally friendly way to get around. I'm all for more bike trails, more bike paths, more bike lanes. I think everybody who's able should be cycling. Sure. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. I love it too. But not all cyclists are created equal. <laughs> Here's the five that I see around my neighborhood. Okay. Number five is the death wish cyclist, the most self-righteous of all the cyclists. They're all in on asserting their moral superiority over motorists. It's not enough satisfaction to do their part by lowering their carbon footprint. They need to be a martyr for the cause. So they weave in and out of traffic with abandon. They'll fly through intersections. Uh, they'll go through red lights, through stop signs. They'll ride three abreast in the uh, bike lanes. They really badly want somebody to finally just hit them. And then the lawsuits will follow and they'll be able to uh, pay off all the loans they took out getting their philosophy of art degree. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is the steampunk helmet. <laughs> so these are... Uh, Perched high atop a, a fixed single gear uh, Schwinn with a 25-year-old paint job. The retro set of wheels is an extension of their non-conformist personality. Convenience, comfort, and safety are of no concern to this cyclist. The clunkier, the better. And the helmet should look more suited to an eccentric 19th century hot air balloon enthusiast than providing any actual safety. Which is too bad because if they don't make it safely to work, who will man the desk at the second-hand vintage fair trade vegan medical marijuana store. (laughs) Number three is the commando. This is the polar opposite of the steampunk cyclist. Uh, This guy's mounted on a 35 speed stainless steel bicycle that weighs only 12 ounces. They own, they own more yellow jerseys than Lance Armstrong and have used just as many PEDs. Their helmets are aerodynamic. Uh, They are equipped with uh, light reflectors, 
high-powered flashlights, Bluetooth headsets, and night vision goggles. They may just be on their way to the office, but could easily raid Osama bin Laden's compound if necessary. <laughs> My dad is one of those, only he doesn't wear the yellow jersey. So, but yeah, he, he loves the bells and whistles on his bike. Yeah. Number two is the novelty bike. So the novelty cyclists just need attention. That's all they're out for. They've got You've got the tall bike. You guys know the tall bikes, mm-hmm. which is like a bike on another bike. Yep. Completely unnecessary, but if that's you're not the, doing it. Um, that's the circus proprietor bike. Is that what they call it? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like the, the height of a unicycle, but it's got two wheels. So yeah. like, a centen- like a centennial bike. Yeah. Yeah. Make up your mind, guys. Sure. So, but if, you know, if they're not 10 feet above traffic, who's going to see them? <laughs> so, or, they, or they, those bikes that have like a special little cart at the front where you can you can put your oversized dog or your groceries or your boombox from the 90s because <laughs> headphones haven't been invented yet. Mm-hmm. And you'll uh, most often see this cyclist while you're on a leisurely evening stroll and you overtake them on the road two or three times as you're walking around the block. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number one. So one time, just a few weeks ago, in May of 2020, I saw a man floating above the line of cars parked on a tree-lined street as I was out for a walk, and he was gliding effortlessly six feet above ground, his handlebar mustache blowing in the breeze and his coattails flapping, his right hand holding his bowler hat atop his head, and he emerged from the intersection, one big wheel, one small. (laughs) There he was at last, the elusive, the mythical, the penny-farthing cyclist. (laughs) And at that moment, boys, I knew everything was going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that does it for this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Over on my right has been... Mitch Brinkman. And over on my left has been... Brian Ernst. And I have been Nathan Henenfent. And as BizBear always says, I'll see you again when the river meets the sea. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. 